The following podcast contains spoilers for Mudbound. You have been warned. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Bunn, along with your host, Miguel Megusto. Yes, that is me, myself mm-hmm. and I. <laughs> uh, before you get started on whatever you're about to say, I, I have been told to tell you something. Um, uh, Mr. Steven, he, he loves you on the podcast. He wanted me to shout you out specifically. Is this said, your Steven? This is my Steven. He said, yes. tell Mike, and he sent this personally, he said, tell Mike, God damn it. That I love him on the podcast. <laughs> and I, I said, too, I'm going to do my best. Yes. And here we are. This is my best. I got a question for you, a follow-up mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. Was he drunk when he said this? Uh, I Well, he was at the beach for a little bit. Was he drunk there? Uh, I don't know. It's beyond me. Can't I tell mean, I, I take it as truth no matter what. Mm-hmm. But just the way you delivered it I think, came I off think as, the man, as drunk. I think he, he was just... Really aching to let you know that drunk with he, he love has for a me. passion for you. He yeah. he's got something. He wants you to know. You know what's all funny? Of, all of the Regal cast does for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> My entire life growing up, mm-hmm. the the girls I had crushes on didn't have crushes on me, or if they did, I found out much too late. Yes, uh, and uh, the only other people I knew for a fact had crushes on me were straight men. Exactly. Straight it, men love me for and, some reason. And now I, look at us now. Yeah. It's it's every other guy. You got you got that crush rooney on you. I got I got straight man crush vibes, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. Everywhere. Yeah, like I had to fight off straight men. I have never had to yep. fight off ladies, which no. you know, I I wouldn't want to fight off ladies. That that'd be a and for, weird God forbid and the day that you ever have to stop fighting off the the straight men. Kill me. Yeah, put just me end, down, put me out it. of my misery. <laughs> I have nothing left to live for if it's not for the straight men. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Let's move I on. I know what it meant. <laughs> what have you watched this week? I know you went to the beach, so probably not much. I'm guessing the the two movies we normal we see. Yeah, um, together. I had I had gone um, not to the beach. I went camping. Um, so I was out. Oh, that's right. In, you went camping in, in in the wilderness out there fighting in a really. <laughs> bougie $80,000 camper that my, my aunt and uncle owned. It, it was quite hilarious to go out in the sticks yeah. and then just right up into what looked like a mansion. Have you ever seen that <laughs> video of a college uh, football coach? He's just like standing in the stands watching the, the athletes practice and he goes, what's better <laughs> than this? Just guys being dudes. <laughs> no. I haven't. <laughs> Hands down, that video lives rent-free in my head. I think about it all <laughs> the time. And me and my friends, whenever we go camping, or lately, because we're all old now, mm-hmm, uh, we, mm-hmm. we just go to a cabin. It's not camping, but we go to a cabin in in uh, upstate New York. Yeah. <laughs> At some point, every single day, one of us just goes, what's better than this? Just guys being just dudes. guys being dudes. Guys being dudes. <laughs> um, so I didn't get to watch much. Um but I did get to finish The Boys uh, Season 3, which mm-hmm. I know you were catching up very fast. I'm yes. kind of proud of you, to be honest with you. Uh, amazing. Stellar. I can't say much because baby boy Mike's got to watch it here soon. Yeah. I love it. Can't wait for another one, if there is another one. Um, <laughs> uh, and then, of course, we watched Thor Love and Thunder, which there's a review out for that. I hear it's been getting a lot of shit. Like, people are not liking it. Why? 
Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, there was a comment that I read that said Thor is a misogynist, and I said, "Huh? <laughs> uh, don't know where that came from, but good for you, person with an opinion." Um, and then, of course, I watched Mudbound. Mike, let me cast this little net off to you, my friend. What I'm do you still get? trying to figure out how Thor is a misogynist. Like, I I could understand a point. Of like, like, like it, it, it's oh, kind of Jane, his character. Jane Foster is is Thor. I don't like that. Uh, you shouldn't be Thor. That's and more of an identity crisis than it is. Yeah, that, that mis- is. people misconstruing it is like, oh, she's a woman. She can't be Thor. No, because no, she he's, literally <laughs> he's literally He's literally Thor. He's literally Thor, and he's saying, "You can't be me. I'm me." Yeah, that's what he. That's what I it c- is. I could kind of see that, but it's 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 a stretch there, bud. It is a stretch. <laughs> it's, I don't it's know. Like if someone came dressed as me and was saying that they're me and everything, I would be like, "You're not me. I'm me." Yeah, you're not me. You're not me. I'm me. I don't care me. if you're a man or a woman or, or child. Just you're not me. I'm me. I don't know, but um, other than that, I mean, it's it was basically Thor Ragnarok. I don't I don't know how maybe a little bit more advertised and stuff like we talked about in the video, but I don't know how I could be worse than people love Ragnarok from what I know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't people know. people just like being angry about things. People do like being weird and stuff. Yeah, like. Unless something is a, 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 um, obviously racist or sexist or whatever, where like they think that that's funny and that's the joke, mm-hmm. then I I don't understand the hate. Like the no that's idea. the only time where I understand the hate. Um, but I think a lot of times people just miss jokes or mm-hmm. miss misinterpret jokes or project their own insecurities onto jokes. I don't get it. Whatever. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, I watched, uh, it's a pretty light week. I have been watching The Boys. I've been catching up. I am yes. uh, a quarter of the way through season three, so I should be done this week by the next time we record. Uh, wow. But yeah, I'm on episode, I just finished episode two today. Started episode three, but then the reason I've been catching up so quickly is I watch it during uh, my son's naps. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. The question is, are you really enjoying it? Yeah, I'm, I, I, I I love to hear it. That's all I need. Yeah, the the thing that I like about it is like, like I get irrationally angry at fictional characters who are shitty people. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just something I've always dealt with. If I really, I, if I really hate a character, it will ruin a series for me. Yeah, uh, I really hate. Homelander, obviously, if you like Homelander, <laughs> other than him being like a well-written villain, if you yeah. like him and you're on his side, I'm sorry to say, but you're probably a white supremacist. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the way there's enough humor there where, where like he's just so obnoxiously not unself-aware mm-hmm. that it's just it's just funny in a way. And he just does... <laughs> He just does things that are just funny. So it, it I, makes it easier for me. But like, I thought been, you would genuinely like the show, and I'm glad you do. Yeah, no, I, I really do like the show because, you know, I, I I like the whole idea of like questioning the morality of having superheroes and everything. Like Watchmen yeah. does it as well. Uh, Watchmen is also one that has a right wing extremist that is <laughs> yep. misunderstood. Everyone thinks Rorschach is a leftist, and he's a right wing extremist. Mm-hmm. You got you to. Rewatch that, but or reread things. Um, but it's just it's a it's a well written show. It's funny. Uh, if it wasn't funny, I would probably hate it. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the the jokes really kind of make the shitty characters. Yeah, uh, Anthony Starr scares me as a real person. Well, the thing <laughs> is, it it makes me the the fa- I showed you that Auntie Donna skit. Yeah, I saw that before anything from the boys. 
Yep. Or before I knew he was Homelander and the boys, before I even knew Homelander was a bad guy. I knew boys existed when that show, when Annie Donna came out. Mm-hmm. But like that was my first experience with Anthony Starr. So now I just can't take him seriously. Yeah, because he's the he's the stray man that was desexed in, in Auntie Donna. And then I, I found out that he was the uh, he was the friend in Without a Paddle that that dies in the beginning. I, I haven't like, seen wait, that hold, in a long time. Hold on a fucking second. Yeah, what? I remember you saying that. Um, <laughs> he passed me in my entire life. I had no yeah. idea. I really love Jack Wade in it. I love Carl Urban. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love, oh man, I forget her name. Play Starlight. Um, um, Aaron Moriarty. Aaron Moriarty. I hated, or Moriarty, I'm sorry, I don't know. Hated Stormfront. Yeah. To the point where like it was ruining the show for me. And that's, that's good on her. That's good on the actress. You're supposed to hate her even more than you hate Homelander. Yep. And so, so great job to that actress. I hated her so much. Uh, and I will say nothing more other than things uh, were done right by that character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, love the boys. Can't wait to finish this season. Uh, yeah, that's that. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> getting into the six movies I watched. Uh, <laughs> so uh, one of them is actually a mini series. Two of them are technically a mini series. Uh, season one and two of a mini series that are in the one thousand and one movies you must see before you die. Uh, the miniseries was released as four films instead of uh, eight episodes of a TV show, but then it was also no. split up into eight episodes of a TV show. So it's a weird thing. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's a uh, a Danish miniseries called The Kingdom, directed by Lars von Trier. And, uh, I've heard of this. Yeah, Lars von Trier, who did like Andy Christ and uh, the house that Jack built and Melancholia and everything. Uh, and uh, he directed it with Morten Arnfred. Uh, it's essentially a very, very, very dark, I cannot stress dark enough comedy mm-hmm. uh, that takes place in a hospital. So it's kind of like an ER type show, but very dark and very funny at times. Yeah. Uh, the second season more so. Um, the thing I told you to remind me about that I remember is that to, just to no, show I'm you. i glad the, you remembered it and I didn't. Yes, the, the sh- <laughs> to show you the humor about this. Uh, there, there's this one doctor who like, he's Swedish and he hates Dutch or Danish people. Mm-hmm. And like he, every episode he says Danish scum at least like three times. It's, it's really funny, <laughs> but he, he's, he's the funniest character in the entire thing. In season two, someone tells him, uh, like, you know, doctors can get sick too. And it's like this revelation. He never thought that doctors could get sick. And now he's really worried about it. So someone tells him the best way to see if you're sick is if you check your poop. And if, it's, oh. if it floats, it's good. If it sinks, it's it's unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> and so he, he's like every episode, he starts just like looking in toilets. And it's a shot from inside the toilet looking up at him. You see the ring of the seat and everything. And he just has like these monologues, these inner monologues that he speaks out loud, like a, a Shakespearean soliloquy mm-hmm. while looking into a toilet. It's, it's fucking hilarious. I can't. <laughs> just looking at turds yeah. and. Little Shakespeare. It's a really weird show. But anyway, that's going to be on the 1001 Movies You Must See Before You Die series I'm doing, Cinema Bucklist. That's going to be the mm-hmm. August one. Not going to say anything about that. So that was The Kingdom. Also The Kingdom 2, which is just the se- second series of the that. Uh, watch Thor, Love and Thunder. We have a review of that on YouTube. We re-watch, do. Rewatch Space Jam. Watched it with my boy. My blood. Oh, the my, baby boy. My, my son. Uh he uh he paid attention to it, you know. Uh, it was right after lunch, and that's usually when he's kind of like in play mode. 
so he didn't watch it as much as he's watched other shows, but he, he liked it. He laughed at parts. He That's thought it was boy. funny. Uh, when Wayne Knight gets squished by one of the Monstars, he laughed a lot. I think my son might be a psychopath. He only laughs mm. when people get hurt. Of course. Um, no, I'm kidding. That's not true. Uh, it's so all yeah, babies. Re- yeah, yeah, it is. Rewatch Space Jam. Uh, then I watched Bridge to Terabithia because people our age do not stop talking about it. Yeah, I have uh, to watch. I saw you watch it. It was like, damn, I got to get on that now. It's a, uh, it's a young adult, not even young adult. It's like a teenager novel, um, that is super corny. Uh, yeah. admittedly the ending, the thing that people talk about, that's really powerful. But the thing no one talks about is how Zoe Deschanel's character is a creep. And mm. if the roles were reversed and, and Zoe Deschanel's character, who is a teacher was a male and, uh, Josh Hutcherson's character was a female student, mm-hmm. everyone would be losing their goddamn minds yeah, because of course. she invites him to go to the museum with just her, no one else on a Saturday why does no one talk yeah. about that? That's creepy as fuck. It is a little creepy. That's creepy. I love Zoe Deschanel, but I was just like, why are you doing this? You better stop it, lady. Why? You're being so creepy right now. You should not be a teacher if you're doing this. Um, but yeah, it's... it's a, uh, I, I didn't care for it, but I understand why other people like it. The, the ending is very strong, so I'll give mm-hmm. it that. But it, it, it it's a little too corny for my liking. Uh, and not then, the corn. Yeah, not the corn. And then I watch Mudbound, which we'll get into in just a second, but unfortunately, we have some sad, sad news. We do have the entirely sad news. Two sad news. Uh, two sad boys for the price of one. I don't know why I'm trying to make that funny, but it always <laughs> happens every single time. <laughs> it does. Uh, we have absolute no... legends. Mike, do you want to take the honors? Uh, well, I don't know. I don't right, know the I'll name of the second honors. one. No, I'll, 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 I'll take, take the first one. I'll, I'll take the first one. I'll take the first one. <laughs> okay. Uh, actor... James Kahn passed away. Uh, I'm sure everyone listening has heard of that by now. Uh, of course, he was from The Godfather and Elf with Zoe Deschanel in a not creepy role. Yeah. Uh, Misery, which is my favorite movie of his personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just an incredible actor, uh, was in a lot of really great stuff. And yeah, another great talent loss. Um, one, one of the best to do it. One of the best to do it for sure. Uh, so yeah, James Con, he will be missed. Uh, his his son Scott Con is in the Ocean's Eleven movies. Oh hell yeah! Just a little fun fact. I don't know if anyone cares, but he is. So there you go. Um, and then of course we've got the other absolute legend who passed away as well. Uh, very much well known from the Sopranos show. He was in Goodfellas. He was in, even in Cafe Society. Not many people watch that, but I did. Don't worry. Um, uh, Tony Sirico, uh, he passed away uh, July eighth. Um, and they were pretty much him and James Conn were like neck to neck in age. It was kind of crazy. They both, I guess, just passed their way of old age. Very sad, but also well, I mean, very with, good. With good old for age them comes to, like good for them getting up there. You know, yeah. With, with old age comes like anything could could get you like pneumonia. Which if you have a pneumonia when you're a kid, it's not. Yeah, it's dangerous, but it's not terribly dangerous. If you have a pneumonia when when you're elderly, yeah, it could be lethal. So. Um, yeah. I, I have not uh, personally watched The Sopranos, but I'm sure he was fucking kick-ass in it, no doubt yeah. about it. That's one of those shows that I would love to watch, but I know I it, do not yeah. have time, nor the care. I know enough about the show. I know how it ends. 
I'll or watch it like, one day when I possibly have a family and I could just crank out a show a day when I'm loathing myself from fucking trying to get away from my family. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to watch the fucking Soprano. Sit down. And I'm becoming Italian. Look, here it is. Um, but yeah, two absolute legends passed away. Oh, uh, the worst. That just reminded the me of worst something. News. But yeah, that me is being the worst Italian? news. No, uh, you being redheaded and not Italian. Oh, yes, In yes. the bridge to Bar- uh, Terabithia. Mm-hmm. They, there's a bully who is redheaded, of course. Of course. And he speaks like a typical, like, cartoonish. He speaks kind of like Nelson in The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Where he's just like, you are dead meat. <laughs> it's just stupid shit like that. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to mention that. But yeah, th- those two actors will be missed. This is the worst memorial that's ever been we're, done for we're any the, actor. We should never talk at a funeral. That's all we shouldn't. We should never talk <laughs> at a funeral. Unless you want to hire us to do a funeral, and we yes. will do We have a do flat it. rate of free. Um, flat, yes, flat rate of free. Um, just please yeah. feed us. That's all we ask. Yes, for sure. Uh, but yeah, well, I guess we'll get into Mudbound now. They say it stops eventually. You just come back. Come all the way back. My nightmare is always the same. I scream. But it's nothing coming out. This place, this law, we don't belong to them. And I think of the farm. I think of mud. And crusted knees and hair. Our family's in trouble. You understand that? Do you? What's the worst thing you ever did? You betray your own blood. You can't even see your own wife is miserable. Silence. Oppression. Fear. It would take an extraordinary man to beat all that. Amen. Two men return home from World War II to work on a farm in rural Mississippi, where they struggle to deal with racism and adjusting to life after war. Directed by D. Reese and written by Virgil Williams and D. Reese, based on the novel, the novel, the novel by Hilary Jordan. Uh, it stars Jason Mitchell. Carrie Mulligan, Jason Clark, Mary J. Blige, Rob Morgan, Garrett Hedlund, and Jonathan Banks, uh, as well as a few others in smaller roles. Uh, Kelvin Harrison Jr. is in there. I don't remember seeing him. I'm sure he's in there for a hot minute. Yes. Um, but yeah, I picked this one because I had heard a lot of good things about it, started it a couple times, and stopped just because I was not in the mood for this kind of movie. Not because it was bad, just I just wasn't in the mood to watch mm-hmm. it. Uh, and had to either get in the mood to watch it or force myself like I did here. Um, uh, but I have just one controversial thing to say before careful we now, really careful. get into it. <laughs> I know this is going to raise, unfortunately, a lot of hell. But uh, I hope you all are on board with me here. Uh, so I'm just going to come out and say it. Careful, please. Fuck the clan. Fuck, yes, absolutely. Fuck the clan, man. Actually, I'm scared to say that. <laughs> 
<laughs> the clan will be coming to me and be like, "Oh, who cares? What the hell fuck you em. say? Fuck them." Uh, yes, absolutely. They're little fuck cowardly the bitches um, who cover they their are faces. Assholes in robes, mm-hmm. and not even the cool kinds of robes. They're in, they're in fucking stupid robes. <laughs> like, how dare you not wear a bathrobe? That's that's the best kind of robe. Fucking dickheads. You're just All a you. stupid robed man. Stupid. And your hat's uh, pointing. Who has a f- stupid? Stupid. You couldn't anyway. even make a nice curved hood. Yeah. You fucking, fucking loonies. You fucking uh, racist pieces of shit. Jesus anyway. Christ. <laughs> but jokes aside, yes, absolutely fuck the Klan. They are yeah. the worst of the worst. And honestly, just fuck racism. Hate it. Well, yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah most um, people won't say that. Us here, controversial. <laughs> we'll say that shit. afraid to say fuck <laughs> racism. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, but yeah, this, this, I was, um, it was not really what I expected it to be. It kind of. It was not what I was expecting at all. Yeah, um, I don't know what I, I expected. I, I mean, was, it's it's the synopsis to a T. I was expecting the racism, um, and I was not ready for that turn when that actually popped up. Jesus, I was yeah, like, no. oh hell, fuck, uh, shit, um, balls. I'm getting flagged from everything, every platform right now. But there we go. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I when that came up, I was like, oh my god, no, please. Yeah. But let's get to that point, shall we? Let's get um, to it. Yeah, the synopsis talks about two men returning home from World War II, but really it was a story about just kind of four four people, almost. Um, not just two people. Uh, maybe even five. Closer to six. I would say six. Yeah. Because so it's like Karen I, Mulkin, Jason Clark, Garrett Hedlund, uh, mm-hmm. Jason Mitchell, uh, Mary J. Blige, and uh, mm-hmm. Rob Morgan. They're, they're like the three main was, characters that all have narration at some point. Yeah, it was like a shared, you know, dialogue in, in each other's heads, and they're, you know, I guess, yeah. terrible probably word for it, a little character study of each, how people interacted uh, with each other in that scenario in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't expecting that, at least from the synopsis. I thought it was just going to be literally about two people just chilling, not all the other inner dialogue and everything like that. Yeah, it's it's very. Uh, it, at least I got this. It feels very inspired by Terrence Malick films, mm-hmm. uh, where you know, in in lieu of seeing dialogue on camera, while that does happen, the majority of it is voiceover from people's perspectives. Yeah, and their voiceover is slightly poetic in a way. And uh, that's something I definitely didn't expect, but was greatly uh, appreciated um, because it made it more interesting. Uh, and mm-hmm. and the whole thing, you know, the whole time you're just kind of waiting for the title to make sense. And for yeah. me personally, I might be dumb, but for me personally, the title didn't make sense until the very end when, you know, Garrett uh, Headland's character and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Rob Morgan, Mary J. Blige and their family – they're all leaving the mud, and then Carrie Mulligan and Jason Clark are bound to the mud. Like everyone's kind of trapped in this mud throughout the film, and yeah. it's very fitting that uh, Jason Clark's character is the only one, like stuck in the mud at the end. Of course, Carrie, Carrie Mulligan as well, but she's married to Jason Clark, so mm-hmm. unfortunately, I mean, she's stuck there too, even though she doesn't quite deserve it. Just um, a bunch of bastards stuck in the mud. Yeah. So you know, it was just one of those things, and I might be focusing on the title too much, but like. That felt very poetic to me at the end where, you know, everyone's escaping. It's just a very muddy film, the entire movie. It's, it's they, a well, farm. they even say that in the first, like, ten minutes. Um, that yeah. I kind of got it because they were like, oh, yeah, we're from this place, and now we're heading to Mississippi, and everything's so brown. 
I fucking hate how much this is brown. My whole life has been, it's like Carrie Mulligan just kind of doing a narration. Yeah, I, do, I do remember that, yeah. And uh, so I just assumed it was like them actually literally being mudbound, like moving to Mississippi, and then the story begins. Yeah. Um, I think it's, uh, my, it's okay, son woke it's up. Okay. my son woke up in, at around that part. Yeah. So I think I, I didn't quite it's let right. that part settle. Usually let's, you're the one that doesn't get things, so you know what? I'll uh, let you have this. There's a few times where I'll get it, and when I do, dear Lord, watch out. When when you do, you're gonna I'm, look I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, every everyone's really good in this movie. Um, y- there's not a weak performance in mm-hmm. in any of it. I personally, you now watch out, Mike. This is uh, more a little more controversial. I hate when Jason Clark plays characters you hate. He does it so often. And he's so good at it. It drives me nuts. And he seems like he'd be a good dude in real life. Absolutely. And even worse was um, uh, fucking Jonathan Banks in this. I'm like, no! (laughs) He's my Breaking Bad boy! (laughs) The the one, like, even though he's a killer, he's the one moral character in Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and in this, it's just like, wow, Jonathan Banks. I can't keep defending you. Happy McGowan, (laughs) you're a piece of shit. Yeah. I was about to say Jonathan Banks, but he's not a piece of shit. But, but yeah, like you were saying, everybody's just fantastic in this movie. And yeah. I mean, those two, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, God damn it. Why'd they have to be pieces of shit? But it's good because they're doing so well at it. The mm-hmm. characters aren't good. They're pieces of shit. I want to clarify that. But yeah. the actors did very well at playing all of the characters around. And God, I thought uh, uh, Garrett Hedlund's character was going to be a little bit more of a piece of shit, and I'm glad it it didn't end up that way. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of got vibes from him that he was a little less of a piece of shit than Jason Clark just from the opening scene, which they show the ending and the at the uh, part of the ending in the opening, yeah. and um, I got vibes from that. But there is a point. There's a point where you're like. There's literally there's two ways that this could go with this character, and it could go one way that is a racist piece of shit, and the other way that is you know a decent person who's just trying to be a good person, mm-hmm. regardless of how they were brought up. And you're just c- kind of curious which way he's going to go, and then of course he does swing the uh, the correct way, uh, mm-hmm. in in just kind of befriending uh, Jason Mitchell's character. Uh, Raj, yeah, Ron Sell. Um, and it, it, they have such a beautiful friendship, too. Like, it, it's just yeah. two men who were not given enough after fighting in, in World War II. Uh, you know, Garrett Hedlund being white was never thanked. Everyone talked down to him still. And of mm-hmm. course, with being in Mississippi in the 40s, uh, Ron Zell Jackson, played by Jason Mitchell, he was just thrown back into it. And I love that whole examination because uh, that's something that a lot of people forget. You know, you have movies like Saving Private Ryan and uh, I think a thin red line, The Thin Red Line. I actually but just like, put... Sorry, sorry for the segue. I just put that on my uh, watch list. I do want to watch that. Th- it's really good, Thin Red Line. But there's a lot of World War II movies that completely gloss over the fact that there were a lot of uh, battalions with with um, black black men fighting in them, and mm-hmm. uh, so I believe I, I, say, I I'm not a historian. You say Italians or battalions? But battalions. <laughs> I might I was, have said Italians. I was, I was thrown back. I'm like, those. How do how do they fit and run around? That's <laughs> I crazy. Might have, I might have said uh, Italians, <laughs> but I meant battalions. Uh, but um, 
God, you got me off my train of thought here. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. But like even even uh, when I worked on a documentary, uh, a World War II documentary that if anyone is in uh, Normandy in France, if you go to uh, it, there's a museum there that shows the film. It's called mm-hmm. Hundred Days of Normandy. Uh, I worked on that, and there's so much footage of just black soldiers, and uh, even at Normandy, and you didn't see one for the most part in Saving Private Ryan. Uh, I, yeah. You might have seen like a couple, but like they weren't major characters. And so that's something a lot of people forget is that black people fought in World War II and even Vietnam, Korean War, they fought in all the wars and then Mm -hmm. came back. They were treated well over in Europe, at least. And then they came back and just experienced the same uh, bullshit that they had been dealing with their entire life. So I I love the examination of that. There's one movie that did really well with that, in my opinion, and I wish to God I could remember it. Uh, it's gonna drive me insane. I'll probably find it by the time we're done this. Um, I I love the movie personally, um, but it it did a pretty good job of how they treated like um, uh, black military men in in Europe, and then you know the people lost or whatever, um, and then the people who survived. And they just showed the after, and it was it was pretty good. I'll have to look it up again. But it's World War Two. Yeah. I'm trying to look it up now. I know Michael Ely's in it. But yeah, I, I just love that examination. And when, while even though, like, strategically living in Mississippi, it probably was not the smartest thing to do when mm-hmm. Jason Mitchell stands up for himself when they tell him to take the back door. Yeah. That was like a moment that if I saw that in theaters, I probably would have, like, stand up and cheered and then had everyone shush me or boo me or whatever. But it, it just was so well written, that whole part. Uh, where they keep telling him to use the back door that they don't care oh, that he he fought. In that makes sense. Uh, found it already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Miracle Eight at Saint Anna. Uh, oh yeah, that's the directed, directed by Spike by Lee. Spike Lee. So yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah, so, um, that's, uh, I, I I have to rewatch it. I haven't seen it, it was in theaters. I love that movie. It's so good. Um, but I remember yes, liking it. Yeah. The uh, the front door thing when he was standing up for himself. I'm like, yes, fuck, go after it, dude, go after it. And then I remembered. Uh, what the timeline is, and they're in Mississippi with a bunch of you know white dudes jump about to jump this dude. I'm like, all right, dude, just chill out for a second, just think about your yeah. life. Uh, yeah, that that was that was a great scene, um, and just very well done from everybody, and yeah. just really just s- set the tone of how much I fucking hated Jonathan Banks's character <laughs> in this. Like, God, he was a piece of shit. Piece. Yeah. He was a piece of shit before, but then he he's like. Alrighty then. I know it probably also would not have been the best route to go, but mm-hmm. I really wanted Garrett Hedlund to shoot him in the face when he had his gun pointed at him. I, I did too. Like I, did I, too. I know they probably both would have died if he had done that, but it would have been, from an audience standpoint, so satisfying. Yeah, I would have been, if we saw that in the theaters and that happened, I would have standing ovation right there on the standing spot. Standing ovation. 12 Don't minutes care. standing ovation like Elvis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's, uh, it it's a slow burn, really, because mm-hmm. like it's it's only two hours and fourteen minutes. It felt a lot longer than that, but not in a bad way. Like it, it was, yeah. it was really well paced at letting you take everything in, taking in all of the 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 dirt and grime of uh, both the morals of the the people in it and the the surrounding themselves uh, or itself, and and it's really a well shot film i love the cinematography in it um and and the writing and 
it's it, it's just far from what I expected. I don't know what I expected, but this was not it. And yeah, I, I, mean, it was, I love that it's kind of subverted my expectations. Yeah, it was kind of just like, it was one of those Netflix movies you kind of just pass and you're like, it, it's probably good, but you know, yeah. I got other things I could watch. Uh, that's exactly what I did, the situation. Um, glad we got around to it because it, it was a lot better. I think it could have probably shed some minutes off of uh, Carrie Mulligan's and uh, Jason Clark's, you know, stories. Yeah. Because in, in the end, it didn't matter nearly as much as yeah, everybody it else's. Really, it really should have just focused on Garrett Hedlund. Um, and love, love them both. Uh, yeah. They, they should have that time. But at the same time, I think as a like, story perspective, I don't think they probably could have shaved some time off of their, yeah. their uh, stories. I think they mostly were doing it to show why Jason Clark was the way he was and then mm-hmm. also kind of build some sympathy for Carrie Mulligan to show that she was different and everything. Yeah. Uh, but that's something you could have easily done with just like little acts of kindness, like mm-hmm. uh, like when she pays f- uh, for a doctor to help uh, Rob Morgan g- heal his leg and everything mm-hmm. um, when Jason Clark didn't want to. So I, I agree with you there. They could have shaved some parts off of them, but like keep everything else for, for Garrett Hedlund and Jason yeah. Mitchell. Uh, but if it remained focused on the, just those two and then – Maybe for like five, ten minutes here or there, went to Carrie Mulligan and Jason Clark, but mm-hmm. we didn't need to see their whole backstory or everything. Yeah, we, we that was wasted minutes in my opinion. But also, that's that's my biggest flaw with the movie, and that's I'm not even that upset with it. Yeah, I still thought it was great. Yes, I'm here. Um, regardless of that. Yeah, uh, but I don't really have too much else to say about it. It is a yeah. very it's a movie that I understand why past me started it and stopped it three times, mm-hmm. but I'm glad I watched it. It's a great movie. I I would recommend it to other people, but it is it's the pacing that I'm just like pacing and subject matter where it's not a very fun movie to watch, but it's very mm-hmm. good um, and has a few satisfying moments with uh, Jason Mitchell and uh, when Garrett Hedlund puts the pillow over Jonathan Banks' face. You're like, oh, yeah. This isn't quite what I wanted, but it's good enough. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I wanted Damn you it, to I shoot up every it. one of those motherfucker coward clansmen. <laughs> uh, I was watching a little bit of the BTS here while while we were talking uh, on the IMDb. It was muted, but I was watching it. And it, it does make me want to watch another you know, D. Rees movie because she looked like she's just having genuine fun on set and just like showing everybody around, showing them what to do. Just really good talent. As yeah. far as that all goes, I don't and, think uh, I've seen anything else she's done. I don't. I def. I don't think I have either. Um, I was looking through it, and I, there's nothing that jumps out. Uh, Empire. She did one episode of Empire. Um, I don't I've, know if I've I watched it, Empire. but that episode at least. Yeah. But that was really the only thing that really stands out as far as what I've seen. But I mean, she was nominated for best adapted screenplay. Uh, for the Oscars, and uh, who, so I mean, it's definitely well earned with the the writing there. Yes, uh, I think it was also nominated. Um, was Mary J. Blige nominated? Let me pull that up. But it, it's I definitely understand why it was nominated for four things. It's very well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was nominated for best performance by an actress in supporting role for Mary J. Blige, uh, best ad- adapted screenplay, uh, best achievement in cinematography. Rachel Morrison, who also did. Uh, like the movie Dope, uh, Black Panther, 
if you've mm-hmm. seen those. Uh, she, she's a very accomplished uh, cinematographer. And then Best Achievement in Music Written for a Motion Picture for Original Song for Mighty River. It's probably in the end credits. I don't really remember it. I turned the end credits. I don't have time to just watch end credits for the most part anymore because yeah. <laughs> I'm always worried that my son's going to wake up. So I'm like, yeah, need any of that little time you got. Exactly. So that does it for our review. That brings us to our judgment for Mudbound. As always, it has me unanimous decision whether or not it goes onto the KFR shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. Uh, I picked this so I get to go first. I think it's very clear from the way I talked about it that it does go on the shelf. It's a very well-made movie. Uh, mm-hmm, it, sh- mm-hmm. it shines light on what is often forgotten in World War II history, which is black soldiers coming home after being treated like heroes and then coming home to being you know, mistreated like they have always had always been in our yeah. country. Uh, so it's a beautiful story with that and the, the you know friendships people make and also fuck the clan so yes this goes on absolutely i would say this does go on the shelf uh i would say so too there the only really negative that i had was that it could have taken off from the carry mulligan and jason clark a little bit but that's my biggest flaw with it i've got really nothing else bad to say about it i enjoyed it it was great yeah Uh, so yeah, yeah i i second what mike said as well Yes, so... Uh, fuck them bastards. Fuck the clan. Fuck them. <laughs> so, fuck them! So, Mudbound does go onto the KFR shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. That brings us to our assignment for next week. Glenn! Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this? It's your turn to pick. I am ready. I know you asked for a list of mo- my my 1001 movie list, so you don't pick one. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But uh, I, I'm trying to stay away from the ones that you have to watch for that because I don't want to. I want to have. I know you said you don't mind, but I don't want to have you rewatching movies. I want to say um, this: if it's one that you really want to watch, mm-hmm. and it's not just one that you're picking just for the sake of picking it, just yeah. pi- just pick it. I'd rather and. I'm generally curious because I didn't look at the list yet. I was I was making a watch list on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. I have a little list that like shows what you haven't watched and what I have or want to. Um, but I haven't looked at it yet, and I'm hoping this isn't on it. So <laughs> here we go. My choice for next week's movie is going to be Sophie's Choice. I'm uh, sure yes. that's on here. <laughs> it's probably on there. Um well, there's 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 a YouTube channel I cannot remember for the life of me right now. I used used to plug it a lot on here, but they they used to rant and rave about how good this movie is, um, and it really it's I love Meryl Streep. Don't get me wrong, but it's really the only Meryl Streep movie that I've wanted to watch just out of my way. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna watch it. Uh, so this has got Meryl Streep, Kevin Klein, Peter Mc. Uh, McNichol? Mick Mick McNichol? Um Greta Turkin. <laughs> I don't know I don't know why that name it was like a pickle pickle Mac jumping Nickel. out at Mac me. Nickel. Mick McNichol. McNichol with a pickle. Um Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so anyway, Sophie's choice. Uh Sophie is the survivor of a Nazi concentration camp who has found a reason to live with Nathan, a sparkling, if unsteady American Jew, obsessed with the Holocaust. It is directed by Alan J. Pacala. Written by William Styron, based on the novel Sophie's Choice. Um, and then the screenplay is by Alan J. Pacala as well. And of course, it stars all those people I had just recently named. Like I said, it's one of the only uh, Meryl Streep movies that I really ever want to go out of my way to watch. Uh, but be wary, people. It is rated R 
and it's two and a half hours long. So yes. There's that. There are secrets beyond imagination. There are memories time cannot erase. It was a season of delight in a place called Brooklyn. The season of Sophie, of Sophie and Nathan, and a young man called Stingo. I love that piece. <laughs> Look at this God's gift. Give me a kiss. One kiss. <laughs> summer long they were together, drawing ever closer to the mystery of Sophie. Ever closer to her unthinkable secret. Sophie. Oh, please don't go! Don't go away from me, please! When I told you that the only thing I absolutely demand of you, the only single thing, is fidelity? Sophie, why'd you lie to me? Oh, the truth. The truth. I don't even know what is the truth. All these lies I have told. Tell me why. There are so many things you don't understand. So many things that I can't. Oh, explanation, please! Yes, it's me! Explain! Explain! So sorry, Mike, for the lengthy movie, but we're going to do it. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, uh, it's funny. It's not on the 1001 movies you must see, but it's on the AFI Top 100 American movies list. Oh, oh so, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, there, there is some um, stuff there. And to watch that movie, it will be on Tubi for free, Crackle for free, Plex for free, and with a subscription, a little bit subscription, you need uh, Fubo TV, Showtime, Philo, premium subscription, watch out, Amazon Prime, Roku, Sling. And then renting from all the other ones. Yep. So any of those I named, go for free if you can. But uh, yeah, so Sophie's Choice. Yeah, that is. Uh, we keep picking like depressing movies, man. Yeah, I there was there was another one. It was like a concert type like movie that mm-hmm. I was gonna pick, and then I saw you hadn't seen this. I'm like, oh hell yeah! Yeah, and it's let's get sad. Yeah, <laughs> let's get sad. Let's, let's get, get sad. sad. <laughs> anyway, Sophie's choice is our choice. Oh, we don't mm. have a Sophie's choice, which I know what this choice is. So, if you don't know what the choice is, uh, be prepared to be sad. Be prepared for sure. <laughs> Do you know what the choice is? I've 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 learned my lesson. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sophie's choice is our assignment for next week. Thank you everyone for listening. As always, you can check out our website at www.keystonefilmview.com on Instagram Keystone underscore film underscore review, Twitter Keystone underscore film, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. I think that's all. Keystone Film Review and on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR and I'm Glenn KFR, and that will do it until next week when we choose between watching Sophie's Choice and mm-hmm. watching Sophie's Choice. Not much of a Sophie's Choice there. Can't wait. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.